0: Another huge win. Another huge win last night by the Knicks. Uh, wrapping up the first three quarters of their season by dominating. Uh, and not just dominating the Hawks, who are right in the playoff race too. Um, but winning three in a row, six out of eight. And now entering the break on a very solid 33-27 and 27 overall. It's also big because Miami lost to New Jersey last night, which gives the Knicks the all-important sixth seed at the moment. And man, if we can, if we can hold this spot and avoid that wild card, uh, and hopefully even maybe even try to go for the fifth, um, dare I say fourth? But you know, realistically speaking, I, I think their ceiling could be the fifth seed, and that'd be great. Um, if they can find a way to pass the Nets now. But, yeah, and I expect the Nets to start losing a little more too. Um, so you never know. And things are things are looking up for the Knicks. Uh, It's not, again, it's nothing crazy. <laughs> we have to temper the expectations here. But, you know, we're not used to winning. So when we do, it's all fun. So let's talk about the Knicks. Let's get into this uh, episode 481 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. Let's talk. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Captain of the world, turning, looking, see ya, Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is live. Time. Penetrates, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankee wins. All right. So a big time. Wire to wire victory last night for the Knicks in Atlanta over the Hawks. Welcome to episode four eighty one. I'm your host RJ. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Um, big over, big uh, big win against the uh, the over overhyped but underachieving Hawks team that has given us problems in the past. But um, the Knicks, I believe, have beaten them twice out of three times so far. Uh, but you got some big time performances once again from your two all star caliber players, Brunson and Randall. They combined for 53 points on 50%. Another big night from the bench. And man, have they been a different unit lately. We'll get to them. Uh, great defense all around. You know, the Knicks shut down the pick and roll last night, um, they did very well protecting the perimeter. Did exceptionally well running some transition offense in the fast break. You know, it got a little iffy uh, in the third quarter for sure. The Knicks missed all seven of their threes while Atlanta finally knocked down a couple. Uh, There was a few turnovers in the period for the Knicks. The Hawks were getting to the line. Trey Young, Collins, and Hunter, they were doing damage. And the Knicks didn't really have a flow in the third quarter outside of Julius Randle. But come the fourth quarter, you had Jalen Brunson along with the bench unit putting this damn thing away. And so once again, the Knicks pick up a win, one twenty-two, one hundred one. The Hawks came within eleven in that third quarter, but that I think that was all they would get. That that was as close as they'd get. Um, and you know, once again, a second consecutive now game where the Knicks. Had a pretty stress-free fourth quarter. You know, it's nice to get these types of games every once in a while because we know this team is, is going to have to keep fighting and scratching and clawing like they've been doing all year. So it was a good win for the Knicks. And uh, let's talk about it. Um, now, the, the first thing I want to bring up is the defense. The way the Knicks defended last night was great. And I was a little concerned because the way they, you know, the way they've defended the Hawks in the past is has been exploited. Dating back to the COVID season where the Hawks exploited the Knicks in the pick and roll. Right? The Knicks like to run that drop coverage. I was a little worried about that because you got guys like Trey Young who can kill you off dribble penetration, but he and DeJounte Murray can also shoot the, the jump shot. But the Knicks executed. They Whether it was pick and roll coverage or three-point coverage, it was very well done. Um, you had a lot of guys just with, with very good individual defensive performances. You had Grimes locking down, Jericho and Hartenstein looked excellent out there. You know, and I loved really, really liked how the Knicks backcourt was playing Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Especially Grimes and quickly, the way they defended Trey Young. They were just they were very physical. It was a very physical game. They were pressing up on the ball. They forced Trey Young into some tough misses. Um, you know, him and Murray last night were just awful offensively. They combined for 25 points on 27% shooting, 10% on their threes. Trey Young just he, he looked disinterested. Um, I mean, some of the defensive possessions last night. Wow. He just didn't look like he... I mean, Wally Zerbiak, I mean, Zerbiak, he's been going off on everyone this year. He's wanting the smoke, but he was shitting. (laughs) I mean, shitting on Trey Young last night, and it had me cracking up. But, excuse me. Yeah, the defense, man. Even guys like Josh Hart doing an excellent job hedging Trey Young on those pick and rolls. Uh, Hartenstein executing that drop coverage with just great positioning last night. Finding that balance between sealing off the driving lanes and keeping up with the roll man. That's how he picked up his first block on Okongwu early on. You know? So, very good defense. The Hawks mustered up just 101 points overall. They shot 19% on threes as a team. Um... And they were less than 50% on their two-point shots as well. It was mainly the three-point shooting and the mid-range shooting that would just not fall for them last night. So they let the they, they let the Hawks cook a little bit in the paint. But it's fine because they couldn't hit a single jump shot to save their life. Um, and, and they were also pretty inefficient inside the restricted area. Like they did score points in the paint, but they were pretty inefficient. The Knicks had four or five blocks on them. A lot of contests. Uh, Forced a few kickouts. You know, I I like the way they played, man. And so I thought the communication was excellent. Guys were talking out there. Uh, But the effort, the physicality, the basketball IQ was all on point to make this a fairly easy win uh, behind their defense, you know. And, And the rebounding may have been the biggest key to getting some rare transition offense that we saw last night. I mean... The Knicks are a good rebounding team. We know that, but even the guards last night were rebounding, those long rebounds, and, and that helped to uh, you know, that helped lead to a lot of those leakouts. Um, you had your usual big rebounding nights from from guys like Randall and, and Hartenstein, who stepped it up there. But Jericho Sims, R.J. Barrett, Josh Hart, and Jalen Brunson. How about Brunson with nine of them last night, seven in the first half? So the Knicks. Uh, they finished a dominant fifty-five to forty on the glass, which no question helped them to score thirty fast break points. Which again is not something you see often from them. Um, they got ninety-six shots up last night, which tells you the pace they were playing at. I, I love seeing that. I feel like they're usually in that eighty-something range, but you know they don't usually run transition offense a lot. You know. Um, not a ton of steals last night, but you did have the one early on Grimes poking it out of Trey young on the drive. It, it, yeah, I think it bounces to RJ and and he runs the break. So yeah, I thought the defense overall was very strong in this game. Um, and then obviously offensively you get another big time performance from your key cog, Jalen Brunson. And let's start off by talking about him. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at RobJ Carbone. All right, welcome back to the show. RJ Carbone here. You're listening to episode 481 of the podcast. Thanks for tuning into BD4. Jalen Brunson is going to get the bing-bong game ball among the starters last night. Bing-bong! He keeps on doing it, man. Uh, even when he slows down, he doesn't really slow down. You know, 28 points last night, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 10 of 19 shooting from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3, 7 of 8 at the free throw line, 5 turnovers, 38 minutes. Um, he absolutely torched. And embarrassed DeJounte Murray. Another guy with length. um, Just destroyed him in the paint last night. He went right at him. Just very aggressive. Going to the rim on DeJounte Murray. He finished the night 9 of 13 inside the paint. Which is, I believe, about 70%. um, Just killing him with those left-handed runners... Uh, You know, doing a nice job anticipating the help defense once again. He'd see Capella coming over and he would use his craft to change up his shot and just, you know, use different angles, getting you with spots and just refusing to give up control all night long on the defense. I mean, some big third quarter baskets where, you know, kind of shifted the momentum. Uh, You know, the Hawks went on this 11-2 run. Sometime in the third period, uh, Brunson driving right into Murray, bulldozing through the defense, knocks down the technical, finishes the floater, gets his own free throw as well. Um, <laughs> this—I'm losing words, man. You know, this kid has literally changed this—not just the Nick offense, but this Nick's team, the culture of it, so much. It's insane, and it's unfortunate that he's not an all-star. I don't care about that stuff. Um, I I don't, you know, I don't think he does. You could say maybe that's kind of propelled him on this run, but I don't know. I just just think he's a really good player. Um, Yeah. He's been such a driving force behind this team's success this year. Changing the entire outlook. You know, and I I, just... It feels like 30 is becoming a norm for him. You know, in his last 21 games, Brunson's averaging 30 points, 52% shooting, 46% from three, and only four times during that span has he dropped lower than 25 points. He's on another level, and honestly, I I was thinking about it last night. He's kind of been like the uh, COVID Derrick Rose, but on roids. Right, like he's just super efficient, and, and he's always got his head up, and he's finding guys and getting the entire team involved. But he's also gonna get his own buckets. He's that leader, and this this might even be the greatest single season from a Nick since maybe Carmelo in twenty twelve twenty thirteen. You know, I I think it's I I do I think it's better than Randall's twenty twenty one. Um, I mean, he's playing like, I won't say superstar because that's, that's a different animal, but he's definitely playing like he'd be a very credible number two on a championship team. And all of a sudden his contract that he got in the summer, it's not overpay. Not at all. Right. And It's, it's, I feel so stupid because I'll, I'll, I'll um, I'll expose myself because I was calling this kid Raymond Felton when they signed him in the summer. I was, I I remember. So yeah, shame on me. Um, But (laughs) he's, he's been great. You know, the only thing last night was maybe his ball security and his three point shooting, you know, Murray and and young were poking the ball loose from behind him. He had five turnovers and he missed five out of his six three pointers. But, he literally never turns it over, and he was just coming off a night where he knocked down six triples. Anyway, so who gives a damn, right? Brunson is the man. Another excellent game. So you gotta give credit to this kid for just being the leader on this Knicks team. And um, without him, man, you know it's very, it's very very difficult to say that the Knicks would be where they are without him. Um, I don't believe he's their entire team. Like there have been some narratives of that over the course of this season. I think a lot of guys have chipped in, but I think there's a big drop off with Brunson and everybody else for sure. Even, even between him and Randall right now, I think Brunson's on another level. So um, I I do want to bring up some things about the offense as a whole um, when we return and it's not exactly positive, but um, just a concern of mine regarding the offense. I want to talk about that when we get back from break, stay with us. I'm your host, RJ. We'll be right back, episode 481. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a 5-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 481 of BD4. The Knicks head into All-Star break in a big way. So, um, we talked about, you know, just talked about the, the Knicks, their transition offense earlier. But I want to talk about, I want to go to the half-court offense. Um, You know, in today's NBA, it's obviously pivotal to be able to pass and shoot. That's the way the game is played. Last night the Knicks, 33% on their threes, uh, and only 16 assists. You saw the third quarter, especially, where the ball movement completely stopped. Uh, a lot of one on one. But I, I I just worry because I know the offense runs differently under Tibbs. Um, he's using his personnel to their strengths, you know, which is ISO, right? Brunson and Randle Rams- and Brunson and Randall are, are going to ISO a lot in the half court, but I, and I bring this up too much, but I can't help it. Cause I think down the stretch of the season and in the playoffs, do they get there? This could be something that becomes their eventual downfall. We all know their ceiling they're going to fall eventually. We know that they have a ceiling. They lack a superstar, um, but being bottom third in both three-point percentage and assists per game is, this is historically, statistically speaking, not very successful down the line in a playoff run. You know, defenses, they will be keying in on Brunson and Randall, no doubt. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy. If you think it's going to be this easy in the playoffs in a series I don't think so cuz you're playing the same team over and over again you know it may feel pretty easy right now when you watch Brunson get these buckets and Randall get these buckets just like it felt when Randall was was leading the team to wins every night in the covid year right nobody could stop him he was unguardable but we saw what happened down the line and that could very well become a case again there's going to be a ton of ball pressure Trapping doubles once the ball hits the floor. A lot of weak side help. You know, maybe some more zoning because I'm sure head coaches see how the Knicks handle the zone at times. So you know, and you know, granted, in 2020, 2021, Randall was the the big time scorer, and the Knicks didn't have two scores like they do now. But but that's why it's it's going to be important to keep the defense moving and and, and scrambling with quick ball movement and knocking down open looks like guys it's why guys like RJ and Grimes are so important cuz if Randall and Brunson are getting contained you know or if one of them's off and the other guy's not going to be able to be effective because he's getting doubled or something RJ and Grimes they got to start knocking down their open spot-ups again right they got to get their shit together so Knicks fans like we're not the only ones with access to NBA.com. Like, you don't think these scouting departments see their assist numbers and their three point numbers? I-, I think the Knicks are currently last in assist and in- their are 23rd in three point shooting. So, other teams, they know this. They see this. I, I think you got to move it around more, you got to space out the floor. Um, so, it's nice right now. The iso ball looks great and it's worked for the most part but I just don't know if it's uh, if it's sustainable offense to run down the line when the league gets cut in half and you're only facing the top competition. So, yeah, I'm just saying. Like I I will say last night they were better shooting than the number looked. It was mainly just RJ and Brunson misfiring from 3. Everyone else shot 42%. You know, Obi had it going. Uh Randall was sniping in the first quarter quickly and Grimes knocked down a pair. Josh Hart stayed red hot. But still, you know, the inconsistency from outside as a whole, a little worrisome. The ball movement, the ISO, a little worrisome. You know, I, I just you know, I, I just don't know if that's gonna be a thing we can we can sustain for the final twenty-something games of the regular season, and then heading into the play-in playoffs, wherever the hell we land. You know, and so I was looking at some numbers, and I, I did a little bit of research. Just a fun fact to wrap up this talking point here, and something to keep keep in your mind. Uh, if you know, if you don't believe me, maybe. But over the last ten years, nine of the ten. Finals winners were top 10 in 3-point percentage. And 7 of the 10 Finals winners were top 10 in assists per game. So, you know, again, we know this team isn't making a Finals run yet. But point being, to go deep into the playoffs, the recipe is usually passing and shooting. Especially in this modern game. Especially... If you don't have a superstar, right? If you've got a LeBron James or a Giannis Antetokounmpo or a Steph Curry, you can get away with some of that. But again, who knows how long Brunson and Randall can keep this up. It may seem very pessimistic to bring it up right now. I get it. But we saw it happen with Randall, right? We were positive, positive, and then it happened with Randall. And, and, you know, as a Yankees fan, we saw Aaron Judge mash 62 home runs and bat well over 300. Playoffs came, he disappeared, but it matters. Things can change in a heartbeat, and I'm just saying, like, adjustments are, are very... They can happen. And, and the way we run offense is never going to be my favorite, and it's something I've been keeping an eye on all year, hence why we always talk about this. Um, <laughs> just wanted to bring that up. Now, uh... I want to talk about R.J. Barrett, because I thought R.J. kind of bounced back, but not really, last night. Uh, 17 points, 6 out of 16 shooting. I thought he was doing a really, really nice job getting downhill in transition. He started doing that right out the gate. Uh, He was attacking the basket. I just wished he did it more as the game went along, instead of just launching three-point shots. You know, he did pass up that one triple To drive baseline in the second half, I believe it was. But still, for a guy who's not even remotely close with a jump shot right now. And he's airballing. He's bricking front rim. He's not close. Taking six threes when you're missing all six is not smart. You know, he he hasn't made a three since the Jazz game. Uh, And and last night, he was six out of ten inside the paint. I, I just wish he did that more. You know, in his last eight games is shooting 20% from three, but he's still taking 5.5 per game during that span. So it's like we say, it's all about his decision-making, right? He ignored Josh Hart last night on a drive. I saw that he missed Obi a few times on leak outs. Uh, you saw Obi the other night get very frustrated under the basket because RJ looked him off. It's bad. It's really bad and you wonder why he's so inefficient sometimes well he's always keeping the blinders on too often you know and on the other end forget it the defense last night i still didn't love it he was beat down court on an inbound you know he allowed a transition three to Bogdanovich by playing off him and even Wally called him out there positive Wally it's a poor lateral movement you saw him struggling Again to get over screens just extra slow. And and on the glass, he had five, but I was hoping by this point in RJ's career, year four, that he would have improved on the glass by now. He's kind of been the same thing every night, giving you five a game. I was hoping by this point he could kind of be a six to seven rebounds a night guy. But I don't know, man. I, I just maybe right now he just he needs the all-star break. Take a few days, hit the open gym. Work on your shot, work on your defense, and, and come back and, and give us productivity like you were, um, you know, previous to this slump. It's just, it's just too many slumps, though, you know? Even if he gets out, it should, that's my problem with RJ, he's just, he's not that good. He goes through way too many slumps. He's way too inconsistent, and he's not shown one single ounce of improvement when it comes to his consistency he'll have stretches of greatness like he went through that 30 points per game span last year you know and this year he was he was getting to the cup over a big long span as well earlier you know a few months back but then he goes on these these terrible droughts and it it, it might just be him he is 22 years old but he's also in his fourth year and you think that he would have you know experienced and grown by this by now but I don't know. Um, on a bright spot, Julius Randle last night was very good again. Twenty-five points, eleven rebounds, um, nine of nineteen shooting, three of eight from deep, and four of five at the free throw line. I like that he adjusted. Um, you know, Randall was hot shooting early on—three, uh, three triples in the first quarter. Cooled off in the second quarter, but then he adjusted and started abusing the paint. Um, in the second half, of the third quarter, you know, hustle rebounds on the offensive glass, just bruising his way to the hoop, taking care of John Collins, um, like he always does. He took him left, he took him right when he finished with a spin move. Uh, he cleaned up Hartenstein's miss when he put back the n one, right over Griffin and Okongwu. You know, and he's he's staying on the glass right now, man. Another big rebounding effort. Another twenty-five and ten night, which was big because I won money off off of that parlayed with the Knicks money line. Um, but no, it was it was another good night from Randall, um, and so as far as the starters go, that was good. That was good. I want to talk about the second unit as well because the second unit has become a strength of this team, and it's kind of nuts to say that right now, given where you know. These guys scored 44 more points last night. uh, After a night where they scored 50-something points. This is a unit that we're so used to scoring 20-something points. You know, now they're dropping 40, 50 points consistently uh, since the arrival of Josh Hart, who we'll get to, of course, in a second. But Hart has made a difference around him as well. He comes here and dominates. The Knicks are 3-0 with him. But it's also quickly. Still doing his thing with Hart out there. He dropped 14 points last night. He's been super consistent this year, which is the polar opposite of who quickly was in his first couple seasons. Last night he was doing damage off the catch and shoot early, started taking it to the middle, couple nice finishes, good ball handling, manipulating the defense by probing the paint and finding holes. Through two different defenders, he just sliced through right, you know, sliced right through them. He and Brunson are very good at manipulating the defense in the paint. You know, they're, they're very good at that. Um, he was getting out in transition, had the scoop layup. Obi Toppin stepping up and showing some life with the three-point shooting last night. That was refreshing to see. He had the back-to-back triples from the right elbow in like the second quarter, third quarter maybe, I don't remember. Um, and how about Hardenstein? You know, he has stepped up for quite a while now. 11 more rebounds last night from him. He's giving you double figure rebounds every night now. It feels three blocked shots. Uh, he's executing the drop defense by finding that balance. Like we said, it's all about positioning with him. You know, which he's positioned himself well. Also on the glass, you know, to be able to grab these extra re- rebounds that he's been grabbing lately. Um, you know, and he was working with those high pick and roll actions with quickly last night up top. Um, you had the, uh, the um. That one play in transition where Hartenstein set up a drag screen to open up quickly for a three-pointer above the break. Loved that. I wish the Knicks would you know, run more drag screens. It's very useful because you're in momentum on the break. It's a good way to keep the defense back and off-balanced. But, yeah, Hartenstein's been good lately. He's been their hustle guy. He does the dirty work. He's always working hard, but now the production is starting to come along. Right? Uh, That one sequence last night where he threw down the big put-back dunk, deflects the ball away on the other end, blocks the shot, and then on the break, it's quickly. That was a perfect example of uh, Isaiah Hartenstein's play lately. Kind of playing that Nerland's Noel role, right? Um, And then Josh Hart, who gets the second game ball of the night last night. Bing, Uh, Yeah. Another productive outing, thirteen points. He was a plus eleven in the box score. Uh five rebounds, two assists, a block, five and nine shooting, three five from three. First off, I'm not sure if Portland used Josh Hart this way. But the Knicks are kind of featuring him as this spot up option in their offense. And I don't hate it. You know, his three point percentage has skyrocketed since arriving here in just three games. He's been sniping. He's now nine out of 14 from three as a Nick. <laughs> he knocked down a three a uh, three pointer early fourth quarter off some excellent ball movement, and he also had a little curl route for the catch and shoot off the Brunson driving kick a little later in the fourth. But he's also getting out in transition, of course. He's you know starting fast breaks with his rebounding and his steals by jumping the pass lanes and had some excellent finishes. He gets to the hoop very well. Kind of reminds me of Cam Reddish, the way he can get to the hoop. Um, and he's playing great 1v1 defense. He's a good help defender. We saw that last night, hedging the pick and roll. I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing from Josh Hart. And it's it's now a third consecutive night where both he and Brunson get the game balls. So, yeah, you got to appreciate it, man. Uh, the Nova duo. And so the Knicks wrap up a very fine first three quarters of their season. Going into break with 33 wins, 27 losses, six games above 500, holding that sixth seed at the moment. Um, And statistically, they are a top 10 team in basketball right now, just going by win percentage alone. They're ninth. It's impressive when you consider it all, right? This is a team without any superstar in front of you know Miami's Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Uh, they're right under the Nets, who have played obviously most of their season with KD and Kyrie. You just took down Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, and the Hawks, who are now two slots beneath you. You got no star, and you're doing this without your starting center for what twenty five of these sixty games. You got to give credit to everyone. And even if that means saying, good job, Tom Thibodeau, you know, he's established a system that his players have bought into. He has stuck with this shortened 8.5 rotation, I like to call, which has clearly established some roles on this team. Guys know what they're out there for, how long they're out there for, how often they're going to be out there and for what they have roles. You know, he's playing the young guys. Deuce has gotten his chances this year. Jericho has gotten his share the last month or so. He brought in a guy like Josh Hart, who was undoubtedly a Thibodeau-influenced move, just by the way, the the type of player he is. Um, RJ, Randall, Brunson, all in their 20s, playing 35 minutes a night. Grimes in the starting rotation. I mean, you asked for it. You guys all asked for the kids to play, overbearingly asking for it the last few seasons, and now you're getting that. And, most importantly, you watch this damn team. Tibbs has got this team in every single goddamn game that they play, man. Win-lose. I mean, really. They're super competitive every night. The Knicks have played in 60 games. They've either won the game or come within 10 points or, or come within less than 10 points 47 times. So, if you do the math, that's... Almost 80% of their games have been no worse than a nine-point loss. Now, we're not celebrating losses here, but the point being, they compete. And that's all we wanted from this team, given what their expectation was preseason. They compete. And that's coaching. I don't care what you think, say, or what agenda you have against Tom Thibodeau, how stubborn you are to that agenda. That is coaching. you got to give credit. The Knicks have done well. Again, nothing crazy, nothing great, nothing special. But they've done well with what they were given. So, going to All-Star break. You got Randall in the All-Star game. He's also now in the three-point contest. Um, Jericho's in the dunk contest. Quentin Grimes is a rising star. Um, Have your fun. And then come back ready to go. Because, you know, these final 22 games will be the most important games this team plays all year. you know, And it will not be easy. No. So, I'm having a good time. Uh, of course, this, this Knicks team has a lot of work left to do. It's got to be tough. But we've been saying that all year, and they've been answering their questions pretty good, pretty well. So that's it. We'll head to break, wrap this up with our parlay and our trivia. And that'll be that be right back. Stay with us. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to BD4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show, episode 481 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ. Thanks for stopping by and listening to BD4. Let's get to our parlay last night. We'll talk about that. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all the next night. <laughs> because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. So last night, we had a 5-pick five-pick parlay. 5-picker for plus 165 odds on the Nick game. We have the Knicks covering the plus 13 and alternate spread. Randall combining for 35 plus points, rebounds, assist, RJ Barrett combining for 15 plus, Grimes combining for 10 plus, and Brunson to score at least 20 points. And we went five for five. Big win on the plus 165. We also won another bet I put down. I had two bets. Well, no, I had three, and I hit two of those parlays. Uh, The other one that I hit was the, uh, we brought it up earlier. It was Randall to drop 25-10, and as well as the Knicks to take the money line. So, good night for my wallet, for my bank account, and I'm hoping I can win some more. It's the final night before the break. A couple of TNT games. That'll be fun. So let's wrap this up, though, with our trivia, and then that will be that for episode 481. All right, so for episode 481, our NYY NYK MMA question of the day. It's a true or false question. True or false. False. In the 1988-89 season, Nick's first-round pick, Rod Strickland, led the NBA in assists per game. Is that true or false? In the 1988-89 season, Nick's first-round pick, Rod Strickland, led the NBA in assists per game. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. I'll say it one last time. True or false? In the 1988-89 season, Nick's first-round pick, Rod Strickland, led the NBA in assists per game. True or false? And that's it. I appreciate you guys stopping by. RJ Carbone. And that's it for episode 481. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Jalen Brunson is the man. I think I hit the wrong button there. <laughs> but thanks for stopping by anyway. And, um... I'll see you in 482. I might do some Yankees over this all-star break. Um, if anything, um, it'll be about, you know, the recent news with Frankie Montes. And, and maybe we'll do a projections uh, episode too. If I can find a guest, I'll have them come on. But we'll see. We've got about a four or five-day break, is it? And uh, if I can get some Yankees in here, if I can get a guest on, we'll see. Uh, but but stay tuned stay updated follow us wherever you need to follow us on you know the you know the deal uh we're on Instagram Facebook and Twitter uh Twitter at bd4pod Instagram at bd4pod and Facebook just uh search bd4 and that's it guys thank you later i'll see you in the next one this episode was brought to you by anchor